Welcome to the Druids Grove, where we discuss all things related to Druids, their history, current day practices, and how to build a deeper connection and relationship with the earth. I'm so glad you're here. If you find what I have to share helpful, please subscribe and share with others that may enjoy it, and check the show notes for more information. Come on in, relax for a bit, and I hope you enjoy. Hello and welcome back to the Druids Grove. Today we are going to continue our talk about the use of the senses in Druidry. And in this episode we're going to be talking about the sense of touch. So as we've discussed, along with all the other senses, all too often we seem to take for granted our sense of touch, just like the other senses. And when we think about it, using our sense of touch is the primary way that we interact with our environment. Um, we, we use our other senses to observe, uh, but our sense of touch is the way we actually interact with the environment physically. Um, we can use our sense of touch in different ways. We can use it to perceive uh, information, or we can use it, our sense of touch to act physically. Um, with the, with the um, use of action or acting on our environment using our sense of touch, we can act gently or firmly, um, harshly or you know, gently with care, depending on our purpose and, and what we're wanting to accomplish. And we can also perceive touch. Um, our perception of touch um, is accomplished in many different ways, too. For instance, we can feel the softness of a feather, or we can feel the crushing blow of a rock or a hammer or something falling on your foot. So when we think about it in Druidry, we can use touch as a tool to interpret our environment uh, like all of the other senses. And to start with um, just kind of a brief, you know, a weird example of it, um, um, uh, an example of the sense of touch, you know, think about um, what does it feel like for you to walk in snow or to walk on ice versus like walking on a sandy beach or over gravel or a rocky outcropping in the mountains? or walking on a large area of grass, or walking through mud. And I I start with this because usually when we think of the sense of touch, we think of our hands and our fingers. And this is because this is how we interact with the environment, through um, the use of kind of the dexterity of our shoulders, elbows, wrists, hands, and fingers, you know, down to each, you know, interphalangeal joint in each finger, or even our fingernails. You know, we use our fingernails to perceive touch and to act on our environment. But when we think about it, um, you know, kind of even from a druidic perspective, we, the way we go through the world and navigate the world through the sense of touch, it's through the sense of touch that starts in our feet, And that's how we get around the world. We get to the places we want to experience by walking there, which requires our feet. Um, So using our feet, we can feel the surface of what we are walking on, you know, even with shoes. Um, And what this does, this sense of touch that we get through our feet helps us to maintain our balance and propel ourselves forward. So just like our hands and our arms have all of these joints and different bones, our legs and our feet also have many joints and many bones and we can look at the bones in the in the feet if you look at them mechanically um, the way they are structured the the um, 
tarsals and metatarsals in the feet, they act like shock absorbers. And, and so every time you take a step, your foot kind of collapses a little bit. It's like a shock absorber for your body. You know, that's why we don't feel this hard, jarring motion going up through our knees and our hips and our back because our foot absorbs a lot of the shock because it's very flexible. And, you know, we can think about our toes spreading out. Our, our toes spread out uh, to help maintain balance and to absorb shock. And if you look at the shape of people's feet that live in cultures where they typically go without shoes... Their feet are usually very wide and their toes are very wide because they use the muscles in their feet more than a lot of cultures do that wear shoes. Um, Cultures that wear shoes are very dependent on the shoes to uh, provide stability. You know, we think of shoes as having a very stiff sole and kind of rubbery. So our feet don't actually have to do a lot of the work in cultures that wear shoes, but in cultures that don't wear shoes, They develop calluses to protect their feet. Um, Their feet are wide and very muscular. So it's interesting just to see how our bodies will adapt based on the sense of touch that we use through our feet. So we can look at our our feet and there are different types of uh, senses of touch or sensations of touch. Um, A couple um, are called proprioception. I'll say that again if you want to look it up. It's called proprioception. And another is called kinesthetic awareness. And so if we if we look at the when we are walking and we are feeling through the ground, um, we get this input through the ground, through our feet, through our legs, going up our body, and our body adjusts as needed to keep us upright. And so... The, these two types of sensation, proprioception and kinesthetic awareness, allow us to um, keep our bodies where they need to be to help keep our balance. And proprioception is the sensation um, of when you put your foot down, um, it, your, your, each joint has uh, nerve fibers in the joint to, to kind of detect different pressure. So if you lean to the left, the left side of your knee joint or ankle joint, the nerves in those joint joints will feel that. And they will tell your brain we're leaning too far to the left and your muscles will counterbalance and make you lean back to the right to maintain that weight distributed evenly. Kinesthetic awareness is more about where your limb is in space. So um, as you're swinging your, your leg through to take a step and your foot is in the air, you know, with your eye closed, you can tell where your leg is is in the air or with your arm you, if you close your eyes and or you're walking through your house in the dark for instance and you you know where a light switch is and you are able to move your arm through the dark to find that light switch to turn it on so that's called kinesthetic awareness <clears throat> and normally if we think about it we would not consider this a sense of touch but it, it really is it's um you know I, I wanted to kind of start off with something that we wouldn't normally think of as the sense of touch uh, but when we do think about it, it's very apparent and it's very uh, useful in how we get through the world. And to kind of contrast this sense of touch, uh, this very specific sense of touch, as feeling you know through our feet and through our legs, think about comparing walking on the ground to floating in a body of water. So if you're floating in a body of water, you now have the sense of touch all over your body, 
all at once and you have this pressure of water on your body which uh, is called hydrostatic pressure and uh, a sense of buoyancy I can't say the word buoyancy buoyancy Um, but if you um, you know based on the uh, the pressure in your body and you know the the muscle and fat content um, you can float or you can sink and we can also look at this you know if we many of us have done this if we swim too deep in water um, the hydrostatic pressure the pressure of the water gets higher as you go deeper so this is a, a kind of a different sense of perception and a different sense of touch and I'm sorry about that noise my dog is she's just kind of getting squirrely and moving around around me she's not sitting still right now um, so you know we think about um, if if you know if we are if we're in water think about being in water a pool or something like that and you completely you close your eyes um, if you're if you're submerged if floating on the surface is different because you're in a certain position but let's say you just swim down you know you're in a, a, a five or six foot deep body of water a pool or something let's say you go down underwater and you're just floating and you close your eyes and that's a weird sensation because now you no longer have the full effect of gravity um, you don't feel the earth pushing through your feet and your legs and and weighing your body down you know at this point it's really difficult to tell which direction is up or down and that's our body using our sense of touch throughout our body not just on our skin but throughout our body to keep us oriented and if we think about gravity we can also think about the uh, what's called the g-force um, or the gravitational force so this is also a force or kind of a sense of touch or pressure that is exerted um, typically with acceleration in any direction so you know whether you um, some people like to go cliff jumping for example like jumping off a cliff into a body of water so you know when you when you jump off the cliff you, you you experience this sudden pressure because all of a sudden now you're falling much faster than you normally would or think of um, you know you're in a car and, and the car accelerates very quickly or slams on the brakes very quickly that's called a, it's a g-force so you have this directional force based on acceleration or deceleration you know so um, you can also think of a roller coaster so a roller coaster getting to the top and then dropping very quickly um, these are all kind of examples of a, a quick change in directional force that is associated with our sense of touch but it's not just like on our skin it's our sense of touch and our physical sensation through our whole body including our organs our heart our lungs our joints and even our brains being acted upon so to kind of transition to a more commonly thought about um, sense of touch we can think of all the things we can feel in our environment um, we can start with uh, maybe um, you know thinking about all the things that we can actually feel like with our hands and our fingers um, and, and you know just to kind of think about the elements let's start there so if we think of water um, you know we can imagine all kinds of differences between uh, different expressions of water so cold water versus hot water um, you know a gentle rainstorm um, you know falling on your skin versus uh, being outside in a hailstorm uh, you know hail is a form of water it's just frozen um, so you know what would it feel like to 
catch a raindrop on your tongue versus catching a snowflake on your tongue? What does that feel like? That is a that is a sense of, of touch on your tongue. Um, we can think of a, a very powerful wave, you know, standing in the ocean knocking us down compared to just, um, you know, a, a gentle wave coming in or standing in a, a, a gently flowing stream. You know, these are all different uh, expressions of water that we can feel through our sense of touch. And thinking about the element of fire is a little bit um, tricky. Um, we can think of an actual fire. You know, we can imagine getting close to it, uh, but we want to get close to it, but being cautious not to get so close that we burn our skin. You know, there's kind of a, a happy distance away. Um, you know, and if, especially if it's cold outside, there's like a, a Goldilocks zone where you want to be close enough to stay warm, but not so close that you, you burn, of course. Um, but we can also think of the sun. So um, sun, the sun is um, an effect of fire. Um, a huge giant ball of fire reaching all the way across our solar system and touching us. Um, I don't know if you know, but it takes about eight minutes for the light of the sun to reach the earth. You know, so this is just a, a weird example. So if we think of a, of a sunset, so we're outside, it's sunset time, and when the, whatever the sunset time is, when it actually happens, you know, is it is is sunset when we actually see the sun going down over the horizon? Or is it when it actually does? And I know that's really weird to think about. But um, if it takes eight minutes for the light of the sun to reach the earth, um, the sun has actually already gone below the horizon, but we still see the, the light rays that are traveling towards us. So it's kind of an interesting thing to think about. But what we, what we notice at that time is, um, you know, when the sun goes down, uh, it starts to get cooler, and that's because we're losing the fire of the sun, the radiation from the sun that keeps us warm. And we can think about temperatures. So during the day when the sun comes out, the temperatures rise due to the warmth and radiation of the sun and the, the light kind of reflecting off of everything. Radiation is a is a type of fire in a, in a sense. So, you know, and then we can think of at night, the sunlight goes away and then things cool down. And we can also look at uh, different environments um, as well. So, you know, imagine in the sun, uh, the sun in the desert in the summer versus the sun on a mountaintop in winter, um, even with snow out. You know, these are very, very different physical sensations that we feel of the sun and, and fire. Um, we can think about the warmth of the sun bouncing off of buildings in a crowded city compared to being out in a field in the spring or even, you know, in a forest in the spring. But, you know, if it's, say, 90 degrees in the summer, if you're standing out in a field, it will, the sensation that you feel from the sun's warmth will be very different than if you're in a city building where it's, the air temperature is 90 degrees, but you have all of these buildings reflecting the warmth and just concentrating it. You know, and of course, we can think about a sunburn. That's a that's a very painful uh, sensation of you know touch in a in a sense that we you know our body can feel fire and get sunburned. Um, and then we can go on to air. So if we think of air, uh, there are a lot of different sense physical touch sensations of that as well. So we have air that is cold in the winter or warm in the summer. Uh, we can think of uh, a gentle breeze on a warm day. You know, or the or a biting cold breeze in the winter. Um, 
and and you can also think about um, if you've ever been anywhere like it's where it's really hot or really cold. So think about you know if you've ever been out in the desert and, and it's extremely hot and low humidity, uh, or you know somewhere where it's sub-zero and and just ice cold outside, and you take a deep breath in. Um, we don't think about that, but our lungs have sensation. So if you take that deep breath in, your lungs can feel that either really hot, dry air or the really cold air. And it's, you have a physical reaction to that because your, your, your lungs are able to experience that sensation of touch of the air. And then if we look at the element of earth, um, you know, it also has many different types of physical sensations that we can experience. Um, we can touch a cold, you know, wet stone in the winter or a, a, a hot, dry stone in the summer or think of asphalt, for instance, in the summer. Um, we can feel the soil around us or even in a potted plant, um, you know, whether it's we we can feel whether the, the soil is wet or dry, whether we need to water the plant or not. Um, we can we can feel that, and we can use our the, our fingers and our skin to to sense that with using our sense of touch. And so we can use that as a way to interact with our environment, to make a better judgment, and to you know continue whatever it is that we need to do. And I told this story before about the the king that was dying, and he was on his deathbed, and he wanted some soil brought in from outside when he was dying. And he wanted to feel the earth again, the sensation of touch and, of course, the smell and other things. But he wanted to f- put his hands in dirt to feel what that felt like because it was such a a good feeling. And he, he remembered what that felt like and wanted to experience it one more time. You know, and along in that same, you know, kind of, kind of vein, we can think about imagine being in the forest. Um, you know, just whatever beautiful forest setting you can imagine and and you're 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 sitting and you're kneeling down on the ground and you 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 plunge your hands down into the earth and you feel the soil um you know what what does that feel like or um you know a, a multiple inch layer deep uh, of leaves wet leaves in the fall you know if you reach down and you feel that what does that feel like you can feel the texture you can feel the the moisture you know the all of that and it, and you can think about how that would feel um you know, working uh, if you can't get to a forest, having some potting soil um, with uh, some pots, you know, and, and whether it's dry or wet, and you can feel that and you can connect with the earth that way. It's just such a grounding feeling to have our hands in the earth. And the t- there's a term grounding <clears throat> or earthing, uh, also kind of relates here. Um, a lot of different cultures use that term or that practice of grounding or earthing. And when we walk barefoot on the ground, um, it's said that we are able to exchange ions with the earth and to discharge harmful ions from our body into the earth. And the earth will absorb uh, these, these negative ions out of our bodies. And it's kind of like an electrical field, or if you think of an electrical line going to your house, there's always a grounding wire. So it's, it's kind of the same premise there. Um, you know, if we think about... That kind of leads on to thinking about walking barefoot in, in, in the sensations we get from that. Imagine walking in different environments, for instance. So um, imagine what it would feel like uh, walking barefoot on gravel or 
uh, walking barefoot through mud or on sand or um, even at the beach. You can think about um, walking in the dry sand versus walking in that, that layer where the water comes up and then recedes. That sand has a very different texture and feeling than just the dry sand up on the beach. And then if you go even further, where you're in the sand that is constantly submerged underwater, that has a different feeling. You know, when you, you can also think about, you know, think of your foot in these, in these different settings. What do your toes experience? What, you know, if you, if you wriggle your toes around, what do you feel? Um, what about the arch of your foot? That's a very sensitive area. Or your, your heel, you know, your, even the same thing can be applied to your hands, you know, the, the heel of your hand or the palm of your hand or your fingers, um, you know, your fingernails, your toenails. These all have very different sensations, uh, even in the same environment. You know, and when you think about these things, you can imagine, um, you know, is it cold or is it hot? Is it painful or soothing? Is it comforting? Or, you know, think about all of these different sensations that you can feel. Um, you know, and we can contrast the walking on sand, um, you know, at the beach, we can contrast that to imagine walking on hot pavement in the summer, um, you know, and then immediately go to walking on a shaded, smooth dirt path in the spring. Um, you know, what about walking over uh, leaves in the fall in the forest uh, when it's, you know, when you're barefoot? So even walking on the leaves in the forest barefoot can have a different sensation. If it hasn't rained, the leaves will be very dry and brittle, um, maybe uncomfortable. Um, but if it's you know if it's been raining and wet, then the leaves will will be mushy and squishy and have a completely different texture and different feeling. So the the element of earth has so many different expressions that we can experience through the sensation of touch. So. As I said, most of us experience touch through the use of our hands. And, you know, what types of things do you touch when you go out into nature, whether it's in the woods or a park or the beach or the desert, you know, wherever you live, or even in the city. Um, if you live in a city and you can't get out into nature, out into nature. maybe you work with some potted plants in your, in your home, or maybe there's a, a tree, you know, planted along the sidewalk, or you see a weed or a dandelion growing in the sidewalk. If you think about a dandelion um, in the crack of a sidewalk in a city, you know you can. If, how would it feel if you were to stop and reach down and 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 feel the different parts of that dandelion? You know you can think of the soft, kind of tender yellow petals, and then you can think of the stem of the dandelion that has kind of the bristly. I don't know what you call them, the little bristly things that look like fine hairs or fur that, that are on the, the, the stem of the dandelion. So this is a, a very stark contrast to the rough, hard textures immediately around you in a city. You can think of the sidewalk. You can, two inches over, you can reach down and feel this hard sidewalk, and then you can go over and touch this very soft, tender plant. And, you know, we can also imagine walking in the woods and all the different things we can feel out in nature. You know, what does a pine cone feel like? You know, even a pine cone that is closed and, and hasn't released any seeds, is it's, it feels very different than a pine cone that is open and has been laying on the ground for weeks. Um, a pine cone that is 
is early in its growth and is still on the tree that's very it has a very sticky feeling to it and it's not yet opened compared to that dry hard pine cone that's on the ground um what about the bark of a tree so you can you can feel different textures of different shapes of bark on different kinds of trees um, i came across a beautiful birch tree the other day and all these different layers were peeling off like they do and and under that was this just brilliantly smooth kind of glossy um, new layer of growth of bark underneath all of those layers and, and all the different textures just on that one tree that you can feel and again we can use our fingers to interact with the world by either using it using the sensation of touch to perceive things and to assess things or to interact and manipulate things so you know I can think of maybe I want to pick up a stone or a spear, you know, 3,000 years ago because I'm out hunting and I, I can pick up a rock and I can feel the weight of it and the shape of it. Or a spear, I can, I, maybe I've sharpened a, 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 a an arrowhead on a spear and I can use my fingers to feel it and say, oh, that's not sharp enough. I need to, I need to sharpen this. Or it's, it's metal and it's gotten dull over time and I need to sharpen that, that metal at the end of the spear or an arrow, for instance. Um, maybe I need to use my my the sensation of touch and dexterity to pluck a blueberry off of a blueberry bush um, or to pull a tick off of my skin that has you know attached itself to me so we use we use our sensations of touch in so many different ways uh, for survival for also experiencing joy and just learning about our environment and we can also use our sense of touch to show affection um, we can think of, uh, we, we have domesticated animals in society, dogs and cats and her, uh, hamsters or gerbils or, you know, whatever. Um, you know, even a fish, you know, a fish might not enjoy being pet, but you can, you can, you can feel it. You can reach in and feel that fish and, and you can interact with these animals and, and provide them with a soft, gentle sense of touch. You can, uh, for instance, my dog has really big floppy ears for the, her size and they just feel super soft like velvet and she loves it when I just really gently just kind of rub them between my thumb and my forefinger and you know animals enjoy physical touch too most of the time if they're comfortable they're like us if we are comfortable with who is around us we are okay to to give and receive uh, physical touch a handshake a hug whatever uh, being physically intimate with your partner but if we are not comfortable, we do not want the sensation of touch. We, it's, it's like crossing a boundary, and animals are the same way. Um, you know, and kind of like where we can interact with our environment for perception or for action, uh, it's very similar that we can use the sensation of touch for, for expressing love or violence. You know, there's, there's this contrast. We can use our sense of touch uh, however, we need to use it. Um, we can use our sense of touch. For instance, in healthcare, there are so many different ways that you use your your sensation of touch when you are assessing someone. So, when we think of the sensation of touch in druidry, um, again, it may be something that's very often overlooked. Um, but we can use the sense of touch in so many different ways. And again, I would just encourage you to get out and experiment with your sense of touch and carry these experiences with you um, you know learn about your environment um, get outside and take your shoes off walk barefoot in in nature 
uh, you know, make sure you don't cut your feet on rocks or gravel or glass or anything like that, you know, but, you know, take your hands and, and, and find a place where you can plunge your hands into the soil or into a pile of wet leaves or, you know, if it snows, put your hands in the snow and see how long you can leave them there before you have to pull them away. Um, you know, if you don't have plants, get get some potted plants and, and, and get physically connected with those plants. Um, planting seeds, digging through the soil, pulling weeds out, taking care of the plant. Um, you know, keep a stone in your home. If you go out in nature at some point and you you know, have it on your mind that you want to find a stone that you can have in your home to connect with the element of earth, you know, anytime you need to and, and pick up different stones, see what they feel like in your hand. You know, if they're smooth or rough or sharp, uh, or heavy or light or textured versus smooth, you know, see what appeals to you. Um, you know, you can use the sense of touch and I've talked about this before, um, you know, to get a twig of birch and, and, and use a stone and crush the end of that twig of birch and, and to make it like an old fashioned toothbrush. Um, you know, that's just a, just a random example, you know, um, what about you could, you could in a safe area, you could lie down naked in the grass on a sunny day and just feel kind of the embrace of the earth and this, and the sun, you know, kind of energizing your body. How would your how would your body feel? Um, you know, imagine it's a it's a comfortably warm sunny day, and you're in a safe environment. There's no one around. Uh, you know, if you're covered head to toe, full sleeves, full pants, you know, with clothes, and you're lying in the grass, versus now imagine yourself lying there completely naked. You're completely safe. No one is around. But how how does your body feel? lying in the grass and feeling the texture of the grass on your back and feeling the warmth of the sun on the front of your body. That's a very different feeling thanks to the sensation of touch that we can use. So again, however you want to choose uh, to use your sense of touch, it is very important in Druidry. And in Druidry, what it does is it allows us to interact with our environment and with nature to learn about it and to take better care of it. So... I hope this has been helpful, and thank you very much for listening. Thank you so much for joining in at the Druid's Grove. I thoroughly enjoyed sharing this time and information with you. I hope you learned something and are inspired to build a connection to the earth and the world around you. If you liked what was shared, please feel free to give back at Buy Me a Coffee. Join me on Substack, where I have transcripts, or listen on YouTube, and find the group on social media. For more information, check the show notes. I'll see you in the Grove. Until next time.